Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to share a summary of the 2022 federal budget, what it includes and how you might benefit from it. So what I wanted to do is just run through all the initiatives that are contained in the budget. Uh, then I'll talk about you know what the government uh, forecasts in terms of economic growth and outcomes and so forth. And then I'll wrap up with my uh, summary. So the first initiative is that they have extended the first home loan deposit scheme. Uh, this scheme provides first home buyers uh, with a government guarantee. So that allows them to borrow up to 95% of a property's value without needing to pay for lenders' mortgage insurance, uh, which can be a, uh, a really large expense and, and prohibit people from getting into the property market initially. Uh, so there used to be 20,000 places. They've extended down that to 50,000 places. Uh, I think it's a pretty good scheme uh, because typically it's the lack of deposit rather than income, you know, serviceability that really prevents people from getting into the property market. Next initiative is to reduce or defray some of the cost of rising oil prices. Uh, and what the government will do is halve the fuel excise uh, for up to six months. Uh, so that will save, you know, including GST, around 24 cents a litre, uh, which is estimated to save people, say, 10 to $20 per tank of petrol. Uh, that'll uh, filter through into petrol prices over the next couple of weeks uh, because excise is charged uh, when uh, fuel is deposited in the retailer's petrol tanks. Uh, so they'll have to use existing stock first, and as they replenish the stock, the new pricing will uh, come through. Now, the next initiative is a bit of a cash splash, I guess, uh, a way to you know, maybe buy votes. Uh, but the, the government has announced they will increase the low to middle income tax offset. Uh, so this is a tax offset, so it actually reduces the amount of tax payable. Uh, and they'll increase that by up to $420. So the tax offset is available if you earn less than $126,000 a year and you benefit the most if as close as you can get to $90,000 a year. So if you earn $90,000 a year this financial year, uh, when you lodge your tax return after 1 July 2022, uh, you'll get an extra two, uh, $420 uh, tax refund. Uh, so that, um, that, that'll help, uh, what they're saying is that'll help defray some of the rising costs of, uh, of living. But you know, really, it's, it's about uh, incentivizing people to, to vote for the coalition, I'm sure. Uh, in addition to that, there's one-off payments to pensioners, uh, uh, $250 to eligible pensioners, welfare recipients, uh, veterans, uh, and eligible concession card holders. Uh, and that'll pay, be paid in April uh, probably when they're campaigning for the election. Um, uh, it was previously announced, but still included in the budget, that if you incur any expenses for rapid antigen tests, so rat tests uh, related to COVID, uh, these are work-related tests, so there's if you have to test for your employment, uh, they are tax deductible. And also if your business provides them, if your employer provides them, they won't attract uh, fringe benefit tax. The government has also extended the halving of the minimum pension amounts uh, for an additional year. So 
if you are retired, you have a super fund that's in pension phase, uh, you'll know that you must take a, a certain percentage of that balance each year as a pension, uh, and it's age-based, it depends on your age. Uh, and so what the government did a couple of years ago is halve that amount uh, to help people you know, preserve the amount of money they've got invested in super so they didn't have to sell assets, particularly during times of higher volatility in markets. Uh, that was set to expire at the end of this financial year, uh, but they've extended it through to 2022-23 financial year. So uh, for pensioners, that, that they um, it means that they can withdraw half the amount than they otherwise would. Uh, again, preserving uh, super balances. Uh, there was a couple of initiatives for small business, a couple of really good initiatives actually for small business. Uh, the first one is that uh, the, the ATO is going to start working on um, measuring your income tax installments that you need to make every quarter uh, based on actual performance, actual business performance, rather than what has been the case for many, many years. It's been based on what your income tax liability was the previous financial year. Uh, well, that's going to help people that are in business that, that if they, their business conditions deteriorate, uh, then they can uh, accordingly reduce the amount of tax that they've got to pay up front. Uh, but if their business conditions, you know, if their, their profitability surges, uh, it will mean they'll have to pay more income tax in that next quarter, which isn't such a big deal because it really will assist small business with some uh, cash flow management and issues from that perspective. Uh, and the second initiative was additional tax deductions for two types of expenditure. So an additional 20% tax deduction uh, for the cost of training employees. So that's external trading provided by RTOs, registered training organizations, up until uh, 30 June 2024. Uh, so if you spend $100, if a small business spends $100 on a training activity, they will actually be entitled to claim a deduction for $120, so an extra 20%. So really incentivizing small business to go and spend money on training staff, which is a, a very good initiative, I think. Uh, and also, if there's any uh, business expenditure or depreciating assets that support digital adoption, so things like um, portable payment devices, cybersecurity systems, subscri subscriptions to cloud-based services, etc., cetera, uh, again, the uh, small business will be entitled to a, an additional 20% tax deduction uh, that's only for one year, so until 30 June 2023, uh, and capped at $100,000 uh, in any one year, in that one year, in fact. Uh, so a couple of good initiatives there. Uh, interesting to note that uh, you know, the ATO is really beefing up its data matching activities. So there's several initiatives in the budget that give different government departments access to more real-time data, uh, so including... Uh, reporting and family trust distributions, and even sharing payroll data. So it's called uh, single-touch payroll. Payroll data with states and territories, they can start data matching for payroll tax and uh, those sorts of liabilities. Uh, and additional spend on uh, anti-tax avoidance activities, an extra $650 million, which is expected to yield $1.2 billion in additional tax revenue, uh, so if there's one, if there's been one theme over the last, uh, I reckon, five to seven years, it's greater use of data matching um, and just overall oversight uh, from, from the ATO. Uh, so it's important that uh, your tax affairs are, are well looked after. 
From an economic outlook perspective, uh, uh, the government expects to run a budget deficit for at least another 10 years. So we're certainly not seeing a surplus for a decade or more, uh, thanks to a number of different things, but including uh, forecast government debt. Uh, Inflation is actually forecast to call over the coming years from uh, 4.25% in this financial year down to 2.75% by 2023-2024, as supplies uh, chain disruptions abate. Uh, So that's really that 2.75% is is within that 2-3% band that the RBA is targeting, which suggests that the government believes that uh, inflation is to a a reasonable extent transitory and and those supply chain issues really do need to work through. Uh, Unemployment is predicted to reach uh, an almost 50-year low Uh, in the September 2022 quarter at 3.75%. So that's a ridiculously low unemployment rate, uh, which will translate into some wage growth at some point. Uh, So it's expected that wage growth will start to exceed 3% uh, by 2022-2023. So really this next financial year that we're coming up to, uh, which is really what the RBA has been saying it's really focused on, which is uh, wage inflation sustainably above 3%. Uh, so I guess from Treasury's forecasts there, it's certainly suggesting that the RBA mar- might hold fire on interest rates uh, this year. The market doesn't agree with that, of course. It's priced in a lot of interest rate increases, which uh, I think we will find out over the coming months uh, is a little bit ambitious. Uh, in terms of government debt, uh, it's forecast to peak at about or just under $1.2 trillion by 2025-2026, uh, which equates to about uh, 45% of GDP. It's a big number, but much less than a lot of other developed economies. So less than half, really, of you know Canada and UK, uh, US is, is certainly out there from a, a debt perspective. So it's a significant amount of debt, more than Australia's ever been used to. Uh, but if I guess if you compare to other developed economies, I'm not sure whether that's a good thing to make that comparison. Uh, it's not as bad as, as uh, those countries are experiencing. Uh, so overall, there's not really a lot to get excited about in this year's budget, federal budget. Um, you know, there are some savings in there for, I guess, people that earn less than $126,000 a year. Uh, pensioners, uh, people that spend a bit of money on fuel. Uh, but apart from that, there's uh, there's really nothing exciting in the budget, uh, which is kind of a good thing because the risk was that the government, uh, you know, being behind in the polls might use the budget as a way to, you know, buy more votes than what it has done. Uh, and the problem with them doing that, I mean, the obvious problem, you know, apart from wasting taxpayers' dollars, uh, just to get re-elected. The, the other problem is that it would um, contribute to inflationary pressures, not reduce them. Uh, so I think it's been a relatively responsible budget, which I think is a good thing for all Australians. There's some good initiatives in there in terms of spending on training. Uh, that always makes sense, I think. Um, it's just a shame we didn't see more of those sorts of initiatives to you know get business growing, uh, get us to invest in training, uh, which will also help wage inflation and and so forth as we all sort of skill up. Overall, not a bad budget, just not a lot in it for you and me. Okay, so that's it for this week. Until next week, bye for now.